On today's episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand, I had the absolute pleasure of talking to Vincent Menstrangelo from Kids Embrace. What an awesome conversation. Uh, Vincent and I probably could have talked the entire day and it would have been totally fine. <laughs> we talked about licensing, another conversation that I love to get into. They're a licensing only company, which essentially means that they work with all of the big guys, right? So they work with Marvel, they've got great relationships with them. They've got great relationships with Nickelodeon and all of these different brands. And we talked through how they did that and how that can help your brand succeed. Really big ideas. And I think you guys are really going to get a lot out of this one. Today's episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand is brought to you by Mindful Marketing. At Mindful Marketing, they use ads to get you off using ads. Most e-commerce brands rely heavily on Facebook, Google, Snapchat, Twitter, and all the other paid platforms for the majority of their revenue. At Mindful Marketing, they use paid ads to help you build a community of loyal and repeat customers that will exist long after Facebook and Google do. In fact, Mindful Marketing wants to offer you a free e-commerce growth plan that they normally charge $500 for. A recent growth plan customer said, our ROAS tripled overnight after implementing their tactics. These guys are no joke at Mindful Marketing Co. So go to mindfulmarketing.co slash grow to claim your free e-commerce growth plan today. Now on to today's episode. Hey guys, uh, we don't have any sponsors today, so we're just going to get right into this here. I am super excited uh, to have Vincent Mastrangelo here. I think I nailed it. I think nailed. I nailed the name. <laughs> uh, Vince, for people who don't know you uh, or anything about you, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yes, my name is Vincent Mastrangelo. You nailed it, as you said. Uh, I was formerly the Chief Operating Officer at Kids Embrace. Uh, we are a baby car seat uh, manufacturer who makes licensed products. So really our whole thing was making safety fun, taking products that typically are a little bit, you know, cumbersome for children or hard to kind of enjoy, make it more of a fun experience by applying licensed characters to that. So we started out of a garage 12 years ago, one of the founders. And yeah, for the last five years, I've been running the company as a COO. And it's just been, it's been a joy. I mean, I have a five-year-old daughter and to watch her enjoy this product as well as other kids and the feedback we get and how we've actually helped change a lot of people's lives because it is a very difficult thing getting your kid in a car seat and having them go on long rides. So to have them be able to enjoy the process has been rewarding for us, you know. Can you explain to me, I, I want to get right into this because I'm, I'm yeah. so interested. So for those of you who are listening to the podcast and not watching on YouTube right now, right behind Vince, there is uh, a picture of Batman and a picture of Joker. And I'm assuming that neither one of like Joker's probably not on one of the car seats. Is that no, he, actually, we have them on a couple of prospects as, as a, an ensemble piece, right? We have like the Justice League. They kind of like, I keep them here, like my left and, you know, the little bird on the angel and the devil on the shoulder. Uh, so it kind of give me back and forth. Just, but yeah, they just, we have Batman and he's dark enough. Joker, we actually kind of tough to put on a full seat. But we have him with Harley Quinn and a few of the Justice League characters on a couple of the products together. Awesome. That's great. So, yeah. Let's talk, let's talk about licensing for a second. I, I we talked a little while back with um, Andrew Mikowski from Gilson about licensing, but I'd love to know because these are even, it seems like even bigger licensing deals that you're doing. So I just want to get this straight. So you guys own the product, correct? That's correct. The product is that we make is the car seat and the strollers and the high chairs and all the baby gear. We own those products, but we license them. And we're primarily a licensed company. That's all we do right now is licensed products. So all those products are, you know, we 
that we sell into the market, technically Warner Brothers or Disney or Marvel, they have ownership of that, of course, IP. So we, we pay royalties on, on, on every sale, every sale, um, depending on which, which uh, product it is. Totally, totally. And I, I love the business model, right? Because you're really, it's like the whole halo effect that, yes. that you're using licensing those products. How does that work with those licensed products when you're trying to sell those direct to consumer? Um, I mean, what, it's funny because it's a great question. Actually, the royalty rates change depending on how you do sell. We don't do much from our website. We've always been an Amazon or Walmart or Target you know, seller for, for a lot of different reasons. We're trying to get more you know, that customer journey, that relationship based from the website direct. A little bit hard when you're shipping just from California because of the cost of, of shipping a big box. But depending on where you sell or platform, your royalty rate is based on that. So, you know, Amazon and, and wholesale, you pay a much higher rate, direct to consumer a much lower rate. So it just depends on what marketplace you're selling on. And that, that dictates the price you pay on a royalty. Okay. That's, that's super interesting. How did you guys get started with that at first? So you guys started 12 years ago. Did you guys start as like, just purely like, Hey, we've got this product. Let's find licensees to work with. Uh, how, yeah. how, like, how did that work? Or sorry, licensors. Licensors. But yeah, one of the original, yeah. uh, founders of our company and inventors had children and was struggling with the idea of keeping them in a car seat. He's an inventor by nature. So he started taping toys in the car seat and things like that, which actually is not a good idea in principle because you don't want any kind of projectiles that can then fly around the car that are aftermarket parts, right? So totally. how can we make a car seat that looks like a character? So it started with some sketch drawings, you know, bar, you know, on a bar napkin as usual. And from there, it became an idea, like, what if we could actually pull this off? Could we make a car seat that's just as safe as any other on the market that meets all the requirements, but it's fun. Do they, have, they don't have to be mutually exclusive, right? Yeah. So we then went to Marvel back in 2007 and presented them with a prototype of the Spider-Man seat. And, and how we, did you go to Marvel? What, what, is, what does that mean? Like, yeah, that how did you get in is, contact? That process was just a lot of just, you know, looking for someone that knew someone at Marvel was really important because you're just trying to reach them. Cold calling wasn't happening. Totally. So we knew someone that knew someone at Marvel that got us a meeting, which really helped the process. But we got in there early on and, um, you know, we still were going to be testing the car seat and trying to get to market. And those two things together, they they really weren't eager to move forward with a product like a car seat. The liability scared the heck out of them, Mm. right? It really scared the heck out of them. Baby gear in general and infant gear, they took a long time to kind of put that into their kind of their portfolio. Uh, Luckily, we went, you know, Marvel wasn't really on board at first. We wanted more Nickelodeon. We got a contract with them. And then once we did with Nickelodeon, which is now Viacom, they basically, all the dominoes fell. You know, then from yeah. there, Warner Bros. It's just getting that one, that one big one, right? And then they're like, oh yeah, it's it's kind of like, I, when I think about this, it's kind of like backlinks, you know? Yep. It's like, you get one of those giant ones and then suddenly the other ones just start to come Totally does. It makes it so they, you start to the point now we had to go seek out those next four or five, but fast forward 12 years later, we're getting calls now. We're getting calls because they want mm. to license baby year and they know we're the premium person in the spot. But before that, you're out there, but that first one helped a ton. And then from there, yeah, like you said, it's much easier to get Marvel to say yes or Warner Brothers when they know their competitors doing it. They want now in on the action too. And especially you've proven the model, the liability has not been an issue. Um, you know, so they start to say, okay, let's, let's figure out a way to do this. And from there, we went from car seats and then scaled all the way to down to infant to do walkers, high chairs, strolls, and other babies. How do you balance brand, like your brand versus all of these brands that you're taking on? Because that that to me seems like, you know, if I was sitting in a, in a meeting, I'd be like, well, we want to make sure we're not losing our brand to them. But at the same time, they're the biggest brands in the world, right? Marvel, like, come on. 
Such a great question because I have the kids embrace my whole thing about kids embrace was we had to get our name out there to be equal to the Gracos and the Kikos of the world. You know, we're telling baby, right? We got to be a reputable company. So I show up everywhere. I'm the president, you know, kissing babies at every event possible. There was nowhere we didn't go as we started. not during COVID. <laughs> I mean, everything prior to COVID, everywhere possible. We went, we actually have a 10-foot giant Batman car seat that travels the country. We came up with every idea possible to kind of showcase that kids embrace was this brand that was bringing you these great products. But to your point, it's a great one. Is when we were doing ads on Facebook or social, we don't got to really show off kids embrace as much because, you know, people are going to they'll have that question. But you put the Batman car seat or the Spider-Man car seat up there, that IP they spent billions of dollars on, they're going to go right to Google and just Google Batman car seat, kids embrace is going to pop up. Yeah. So there's this balance of, okay, when do we want to use our name and when's it really important? And when do we want to kind of use the Warner Brothers and the Marvels and Disney store advantage to get more eyeballs to the brand? And then once they're there, explain who kids embrace is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you ever had any licensing deals gone bad? I would say the good example is in Marvel, but it went, it wound up coming full circle. You know, in, in 08, we first started there. That was going to be our first contract. And it just, we couldn't get to market fast enough. And that's the problem. When you get a contract, you have stipulations. And when you're trying to build a car seat that looks a certain way, we were running into a lot of, you know, crash testing. You know, we, you got to meet and exceed. And we just were having an issue because we wanted the seat to have that human form look. So we actually didn't get to market before the contract uh, stipulated. So we lost some money there and it set us back a bit. Um, but then we came full circle and Marvel is now our top license. So, I mean, it's really nice to see we were able to secure it back in 2014. And now it's the best selling uh, product we have. That's great. That's great. Yeah. What what exactly is working right now for marketing for you guys? Like where where is all that coming from? Is this just pure Amazon PPC? Like what what's really driving your revenue right now? I got to tell you, social media and Facebook ads have been, you know, for us, we, you know, when we were struggling five years ago and I took over, we really went to influencer marketing and having a yeah. lot of moms endorse our product was hugely helpful. And we built a, a, a separate company out of it called Collaboration Nation that's influencer based. But really it was, it was that and a lot of Facebook advertising. And then mm-hmm. once we got really on Amazon as a 1P, uh, you know, as, as a 1P vendor, um, using Amazon marketing services, like you said, you know, the back end and doing a lot of, you know, different fun, you know, video and search ads are huge for us because you know, our product's so visible. So anything we could do to get, you know, videos going when someone's in a search and kind of steal that eyeball, that's yeah. really helpful. Yeah, but Facebook ads have probably been, I would say, our, our biggest asset. What are you scared of the most with, you know, we're three days or four days into Facebook ad apocalypse here. What, I, what are you scared I, of the I, most? I'm worried. That's, I mean, I, I'm, I'm worried there's going to be some changes that would infect, but I'm also excited there might be some beneficial things, you know, not knowing kind of what's going to happen here. But we've always been adapters, man. So, I mean, I... Look, totally. I look forward to I look forward to like the fires and putting them out as long as they're not forest fires every day. And so I look forward to these challenges. We 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 collaborate so much with so many brands that we talk so often with them and kind of find ways around these things. But it's really going to just be finding out how this happens. And the, the Instagram algorithm to start the year really has changed quite a bit. I feel like, and it's we've had to adapt there. Um, so yeah, the organic the organic oh, algorithm has just been all over the place. It's crazy, man. So we yeah. you know we try, and we try everything. We try pinch. We we do what we can. Um, but yeah. Facebook, it will be interesting. We're in a situation right now where our supply has not been able to keep up with the demand. Um, yeah. And that's because COVID was, of course, people don't realize it's still happening now. You know, forget December back in 19 was really when it started in, in overseas. But we're, we had such a high demand last year during COVID because people were still driving around and buying car seats, even though they weren't supposed to be going anywhere. Um, and we had a cancel. Still got to have a car seat. Got to have a car seat. We've got a ton of orders on Amazon, Target, Walmart. And the demand has been so high from the previous year's marketing. Now, this year, we've had to do a lot less. So it's been interesting. We're actually scaling back on spending, and our sales are actually going up. So it's all that, <laughs> that, that, that work you do in advance. 
And you, you know, that spread that's really kind of coming through now. You know, it, it's interesting that you say that because when Facebook took away the 28 day click seven day view window yep. and they had to, right. They had to because of iOS uh, 14. It's kind of a sad thing because I feel like Facebook ads and paid ads in general, a lot of that is planting, right? You're yep. doing a lot of planting and it's really nice to see in that 28 day window. That's where you really actually see the effects of it all. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I love that you said. You know, thinks all you just hits on home run. Now we do a lot of testing and a lot of back and forth and see how things work. And you said planting is a great term to use. You're just seeding out there and see what's going to happen. And if you don't have that data to kind of track, it does make it much more difficult to see, you know, what's performing and how it's going to perform. It's amazing to me to see what for us as a brand over the years, what's happening. You know, our, like I said, our product's so visible. The stuff that does the best is our UGC, man, our user generated content. Mm. You know, us at trade shows talking about the product, you know, millions of views, hundreds of thousands of link clicks, and that's organic stuff. And then we started running ads like that. Say, okay, let's take down some of this highly produced content and let's run with some of this UGC stuff. But it is... To your point, I mean, it's it's going to change the game here, not have that visibility. Well, I mean, I, I also do think, though, that where you're going with that, right, with the UGC is so important, right? Because the more that you can bring that ad down, there, there are some companies who do, who do incredibly produced stuff very well, and it works. I'm thinking of the guys over at True Earth. They make these hysterical videos, and those videos just do, everybody knows them, right? Yep. Like, they're just such good videos. But not everybody can do that, Right. Um, the company that they're using, you know, when when they first started using them was fairly cheap and now it's just like exponentially growing. Not everybody can afford that. Whereas UGC, I feel like it generally over the hundreds of accounts that I've looked at, UGC always outperforms. It just does. I mean, it's, it's, it's we, we, we struggle with the beginning because, again, we're producing a car seat. You want to make sure you have really high content. We have a great firm at work called Geek Review. They do amazing, amazing content for us. It's almost like you can touch the product. That's the lens they use and how they, they convey the story about uh, the product and the visuals. And we've now discovered, we use those for ads, but mostly we use those on the landing pages, right? We okay. want to get your attention with the UGC stuff. Want to get you to click over. And once you're about to buy the seat on Amazon or Kids Embrace or Walmart Target, that's where we have that highly produced content. That's where we want them to watch that three minute video of every aspect about the seed, the installation that shows all, because we're not going to get through to you on Facebook with that. You know, totally. Right? Yeah. is going to get you in there. And then when you land, you're about to buy, that's where we see the highly produced content working the best. Yeah. Vince, I gotta, I, I've got so many questions here for you. Um, we'll, we'll see how many I actually get sure. through. I would like everybody to know who's listened to this podcast for a while that I don't, I, I am holding a pen, but I literally don't have any questions. <laughs> I just, I, th- these are all conversations that I'm actually interested in. Um, I don't generally have a conversation if I'm not interested in the, the subject. So uh, I just wanted everybody to, to know that, that <laughs> I, I actually do not prepare. And you probably all know that anyway, but. Um, Another question for you, with your influencers, which platforms have you found to be the best in the sort of like mom space? Where, and this is a selfish question for one of my brands. No, no, I get you. Um, When you say platforms, give me a, a, just elaborate a bit. So, okay. So are you finding mom influencers who do blog posts, uh, Instagram posts, Facebook posts, YouTube, which are those the best ones and how are you finding them? Yeah, it's really Instagram for us on the on that side, which I really call mom influencers. I call them the mafia sometimes. I have the mafia. I got all nicknames for some of the mafia ladies we work with. They love it. I give them the enforcer. They they, they really get it off on this fun stuff. We, you know, we really built it through, I mean, honestly, hand-to-hand combat. 
I'd always say that. We deal with a lot of software. As I said before, I'm formerly the COO. I'm now a partner at Tactful, which is a sales and marketing company. And we run Kids Embraces Marketing and a bunch of other companies as well. We created a collaboration nation network of influencers. We just started taking the people that we all had in several different companies together. And we started collaborating. So why are we, you know, let's let's pool these people. We all have like-minded brands. Let's try to share that information. Yeah. From there, we started a network that then they helped us get more people into the network. So they would talk to each other and they'd see the content that was going on and we'd be getting reached out to, hey, how do we get into the network? We really have been lucky that way where people seek out us as much as we seek out them to work together. Um, and then it is a lot of, you know, we do a ton of events. We reward them constantly. We have, uh, we've thrown parties. We had the Batmobile at three events last year. before. Oh, COVID. cool. Where a lot of the influencers, they don't usually have the husbands come to those because they don't really like to go to all those uh, the, the events. Not usually cater to, to to men. They love the fact that like, hey, thank you so much. My my husband came out. It's a full family event because we did a lot of stuff like that. But I would say Instagram for us, we always like to find the ones that are universal that have a great Facebook page that do blogs. The blogs for us are just invaluable, right? I mean, that's just such great content. Um, and now with TikTok added, but I would say primarily it's been Instagram. That's where you're seeing sort of more the the direct response. Yeah, the direct response. We just, it yeah. just that's where we see. And again, you know, now that TikTok's kind of doing this thing and reels, but yeah, Instagram for sure has been our biggest one. But again, I, I just, I, I, I always love Facebook. I mean, people like to talk about it being, you know, dead or dying, and I just find it to be ridiculous. I, I just see such great, you know, if we have an of influence that has coverage on both, we usually get such great response on Facebook still. still. Totally. I uh, just remember Facebook's network, including Instagram, uh, as of uh, today is 3.5 billion people. So anyone who tells me that Facebook in general is dead is obviously not educated. Yeah, I, just, <laughs> I, I love it. I just love it. And the fact is, too, for us as a brand, we have the scale of still young people on Facebook, but there's older people, too. And as a kid's brand, it's great because we talk a lot of grandparents. So there's yeah. a lot of different versions of why. But I just I always like you said, it's just it's comical to me because we'll throw a, a post up and get so many you know, uh, comments and link clicks on Facebook organically. I mean, it's, you know, and then you want to put paid ads behind it. It's just, you know, it's sometimes it'll be a rocket ship for us. So. Absolutely. I was just going to make a a quick point on the blog post, just so people sort of understand when you're working with an influencer, try and get a blog post, right? Like most likely they'll just throw in a blog post for you. And the the main reason, first of all, you will get traffic from that blog post. Like, especially if, if they know how to rank for certain keywords. Second of all, that backlink is worth so much to you every single time. And nobody wants to, like, for some reason, people think it's just short-term vision, right? Oh, hey, we're yeah. just going to get an Instagram post. Get a blog post at the same time because that's unreal. The, the amount of- live forever almost, right? The SEO. I, yeah. I've, I've, I've seen things pop up when I'm searching. And then it's like from 2012 or 13, it's still relevant. And I'll click on it. But yeah, the blog post, huge. I mean, for us, it's something we always try to ask for. Um, and yeah, like you said, plus you can take that content and, and then recycle it and use it in so many different ways if you do it correctly. And backlinks, I mean, you said it before i'm sure people listening to this show understand what it is but it's something even i wasn't familiar with you know five or six years ago and now it's such a big part of our business you know totally so yeah vince this is great i am loving this conversation but i have to ask you the question i ask everybody what is your secret to scaling Honestly, I would say collaborations. I, like I said, the last mm. few years for us as a brand, especially as a licensed brand, right? One of the things I thought of one sitting here one day and I said, we have a Batman high chair. This is a great company called Bumpkins. That's a Batman bib. Why aren't we working together? What's going on here? So we started working with them on a small scale. Fast forward to like three years ago, we're sharing booths and trade shows, right? Talk about like being able to kind of limit your, you know, your, your outsourcing or your, your out, uh, output and funding and still get the most out of a footprint. Then we're doing shows in the same, same day 
two different cities. You know, they're in Arizona. We're here in California. We're both represented. Suns Nashes, Franco, Manufactured, all brands like that that are licensed products. We're all partner now. So now we're sharing costs and Unreal. being omnipresent everywhere. And it's like, for me, that's been... And also the customer, you know, switching over that base where you're both kind of getting that exposure. But that's been our, our best way to scale. It's kept our costs down and let our, our, our exposure and footprint being so much larger. I love it. I love it. It's uh, it's habit six of highly seven habits of highly effective people synergize, right? You find other people, right? It's always net. Like if you want to be successful, start trusting people, right? Because if, that, yeah. it's just incredible because what you did is you put one and one together and it created 10. Right. It's the same thing with the, the influencers. It was one of those things where people, I understand this, this, you've worked a lot to keep secure, which you, you kind of own or you think is your asset. You don't want to share it. I found that once you, I see with your show too, you, you have information out as I said before, it always comes back. Right. And the, the idea of sharing information, it's only made us better together. That's one of the things that I constantly, that's our, that's our kind of hashtag It's better together. We just find ways to do so much more as a group than doing it individually. And, and we've never been burned by sharing information. Um, probably <laughs> because we do choose the right people to share it with, but that's, uh, that's how I feel. Yeah. Absolutely. I've got three more questions for you, especially sure. since you've listened to this podcast before. I'm sure you know these questions. I hope. <laughs> uh, all right, let's do this. Favorite tool or app that you're using right now? I'm a sucker for LinkedIn right now. I love LinkedIn. You know, what, do, what do you use LinkedIn for? I just, I just love, I honestly, but more than just actually connecting business B2B, I'm throwing stuff up there now. Like, you know, we're seeing a lot of like show, throwing our videos and stuff up there because low hanging fruit, I feel like it's not oversaturated at all. And we're seeing good results. We throw a lot of funny content up there and we're getting results back because there's not a lot on there. Mm, so I just yeah. love it for that. And I'm, I mean, I've connected with so many people through LinkedIn that have actually been really beneficial to our business growth recently. Well, and so that's where it. you and I connected, right? Like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Where yeah. We right. And I found, so it's not just, you know, there's lots of weed through there, but I just find it to be a really interesting space. And it's my kind of my happy place in the morning, go get up and kind of check what's going on and get some great messages. And yeah, we've connected with some great brands that we're now working with and partnered with. So hmm. yeah, LinkedIn has been mine for sure. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, favorite podcast or audiobook that you're listening to right now? <sighs> Shoe Dog. Shoe Dog. Yeah, you oh know what? I, right now on Audible, I'm, I'm, that is one that's been on my list forever. It is amazing, man. I, I, I'm halfway through and I'm mad that I'm halfway through because I want to start over. That's how good it is, okay? It's just I love great. those kind of books. I, I'm literally so, buying it right now. It is so good. It's the, the Phil Knight story, Nike. I mean, just what he went through and, and just the way he tells the story. Yeah, it's something that, you know, it gets you goosebumps every time you turn it on, you know, so I, I love that book. That's great. I literally just bought it, everybody. Yeah, it's that go. simple. <laughs> <I love it. laughs> uh, by the way, uh, iOS people, Audible finally allows you to buy within the app, so. Yeah, that's great. That book's <laughs> great. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. Uh, that's great. Uh, if you could sit down with anybody for an hour, have some, they have to be alive, have some coffee, tea, beer, wine, who would it be? Wow, that's Oh, that's a tough one, man. There's a lot there. Oh, man. I, I got to go with probably, I mean, I, I guess I wouldn't want to sit down with Bezos. I don't know. I kind of just feel like I have a lot of questions for him. Yeah, he'd be great. He'd be I, have, awesome I have a lot of questions to talk to. I just do. I mean, I just, just the, the idea of, of just kind of how they've grown, continue to grow, and what's next. I just, I, you know, I know a lot of people have different feelings about him and overall Amazon, but I, I find it to be just an interesting story that I'd love to just, I, I could spend days asking questions, you know, so. Imagine steering that ship for 20 plus years like he has. Just, just How do you do that? 
I, it's, it's what it's come from. I mean, I invested in that really early on and sold out of it. I want to kick myself now back in like 2000 when it was on that crazy roller coaster. But yeah, just what he's been able to, I mean, what they've done there and how they do it. And again, I mean, it's not a perfect platform by any means because we struggle with Amazon. It's one of our best customers. But at the same time, what we get out of it and what, you know, as, as a personal use of it too, I just find it to be such an interesting you know, platform. Like you said, 20 years of it and it's, the growth has been, you know, unbelievable. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Vince, thanks so much for your time today. This was an awesome interview, uh, at least from my side. I, I thought it was amazing. I it. So Great. I could talk to you for another two hours. Uh, where can people find out more about you and more about uh, everything that you're doing right now? I'd love for yeah, you to just, just put it all out there. Uh, LinkedIn, you can find me on LinkedIn, Vincent Mastrangelo. That's the best place probably to find me. Email me directly, vincentm at kidsembrace.com or vincentm at tactful.com, T-A-Q-T-F-U-L. Um, I love yeah, that name, by the and way. Of course, yeah, yeah tactful. It would say, where is this? A lot coming out with us uh, next few months. You're going to hear a lot about what we're doing and a lot of licensed brands that we're now putting under our umbrella and again, doing the collaboration thing, which makes it so much easier for us to scale together. But uh, yeah, I mean, email is great. Kidsembrace.com, you know, leave us a message there. You can find me, but I'm always available. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. Appreciate it, man. This is great, Jordan. Thank you. Hey, guys. We hope you really enjoyed today's episode. Can we ask you a favor? Hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode and share this with your e-commerce store owner friends. We also love reviews. So if you could leave us one on Apple Podcasts, that would mean so much to us. Just a reminder from the beginning of the episode, our team at Mindful Marketing is rapidly growing and we have room for one new brand a month that's looking to grow. Now, before you apply, please note that we're only looking for businesses that are ready to scale and have the capacity and the inventory for a large influx of orders. This opportunity is only available to brands that have had at least one year of sales history and are ready for explosive growth. If this sounds like you, go to mindfulmarketing.co slash apply and start the process today. I hope you guys have a great week.